Welcome, it's issue number 20 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm your sweet bippy, Andy, and with me are my co-hosts Shane the Animated Snowman, Ooh, Venti episode, <laughs> and Rory the Bleeding Heart, Big Talkin', Long Haired, Do-Gooder, Cruddy, Commie, Radical, Liberal. That works pretty good. I did scrunch up my face at yours. The what is it? The bitty? The sweet bippy? The sweet bippy. That was. <laughs> well, you bet your sweet bippy it's good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so today, today we're reading comics that follow Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, Captain Marvel, and the Avengers, and they take us from September of 1970 through July of 1971. And during this time, PBS begins broadcasting on TV. New York Times starts publishing the very scandalous Pentagon Papers, and Ronald Reagan becomes governor of California. It begins, my friends. The Dark Prince's rise. <laughs> the Dark Prince. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should mention at uh, at this moment that this is the first episode we've recorded in like five weeks uh, because we had that hiatus that we took, and we're going to shake off some... Spider-Man cobwebs. There's rust in our bones and spider's webs in our teeth. To be clear, we're not apologizing. We're just letting you guys know what to expect. Yeah, like if you taste rust while you listen to this, it's because we shook it off and it flew in your face. Yeah. If you didn't like this episode and you were thinking to yourself, did they get worse or did I just get better? We got worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Trust us. You didn't get better. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say something very inspirational about oh, how sorry, happy I no. was that they had gotten better and you just were like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I, I actually, I wanted to, uh, we're, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants right now, right? Because I don't know what I'm doing with this segment. Uh, it's not really a segment. It's more like what happened in the last five weeks. And I have, uh, Are I have you going to be doing wanna... regular history too now? Like, or not like, or like no. popular culture, <laughs> pop events? No, what happened to me and us in the last uh, five weeks? Here's, here's something that I want to report on that happened. Well, you didn't get better, so. <laughs> I, no, not in the slightest. Uh, None of us so during the time during the time that we were on a break, uh, Austin and Shane and I did, in fact, make three little mini episodes where we watched some cartoons from uh, from the 60s, some Spider-Man and Iron Man and Fantastic Four. And a thing came up during our conversation about J. Jonah Jameson and the fact that in these 60s cartoons made during the time, they were legit saying Jameson instead of Jameson. And so I made a Twitter poll and I paid a little bit of money to promote it and get some extra votes <laughs> on it. And we eventually got 214 votes on this Twitter poll and 78.5% of people say Jameson, but 21 fucking percent of people said Jameson. Our 21% are abject contrarians. 
I, that's what I, we that's learned. What I ha- that's what I have <laughs> to feel, right? Like you think uh, they're saying it on purpose? Maybe. I think. Maybe? I think they're doing it. I've never in my life heard somebody say Jameson. I know it's so bizarre to hear in 2021. I've never, and I mean, it would have been bizarre like, in the 90s when of, I was a kid. That's that's kind of the Nordic pronunciation, right? If it were, but if James was a Norwegian name, sure, Jameson mm-hmm. with two yeah. S's, maybe. <laughs> uh, that's. Uh, so I also have had an eventful uh, few weeks. Mm. Um, so I went. I guess this would be. It cost me a little bit of money, so I guess we're we're two for two. Uh, I went down to <laughs> the uh, Hall of Records. I guess. Uh, okay. I have changed my legal name to Charles Cameo. Oh wow, <laughs> Charles. That's so amazing. I'm so I, fucking I, I googled his appearances in, in the Marvel pantheon, and he's dramatically underrepresented. And I feel like it's free, it was up for grabs. If you're going to sleep on a name like Charles Cameo, then snooze you lose, Stan. I stole it from you, Stan. Listen here, you long-haired hippie liberal. Trying to get me to change what I'm going to call you. <laughs> how dare <laughs> i will call I you what you were born as i will call you what you were born as <laughs> a new word but i've already learned so many already <laughs> i know at least 11 words i cannot learn a 12th word <laughs> shane have you had anything eventful in the last few weeks i absolutely it's okay if it's no I know I know I did I did have a very eventful oh. few weeks um I actually have gained a little bit of weight yes um specifically <laughs> on purpose so that I can be in the next reiteration of totally spies oh I thought you were oh. gonna say so you can get the COVID shot <laughs> so also so that I could get a COVID shot but let's be real. I could probably get the COVID shot already. So, but you're but you're angling you're angling for that for that specific Passion Patties episode of Totally Spies. I the next time they come out with a Passion Patties episode, I want to be the first person they call. Yeah, I want my I want my agent to go. You know who they should call? <laughs> they should call up Shane. Now, for those uninitiated, Shane's referencing an episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays we recorded specially for our Patreon during the hiatus. And that Patreon supports this show as well. So if you're at all interested in hearing us talk about Totally Spies and the inflation kink, then maybe you should join us at the $5 <laughs> level or above. You should. You absolutely should. <laughs> Is that for people who like to see who are just like really interested in what happens to our economy every year? Yeah, exactly. They've oh, got Dad, they've got get out. <laughs> yeah, inflate that dollar. Yes, Daddy, inflate it. I want Butterfingers to cost one eighty nine. <laughs> God, they already do. <laughs> I'm sure they cost like three bucks now. Have you seen what king-size candy bars cost in like the, the grocery store? It's it's legit like $3 at, at least. It's crazy. I can't get my candy yeah, fix they, anymore, and I only yeah, buy king size. I mean, it's this this is sort of a grieve a grievance of you know twenty years too late, but they have shifted from just like a, a treat to groceries. Uh-huh. Yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> you buy three candy. <laughs> if you buy three candy bars, that's coming out of your budget. Yeah, gotta have a line Wait, item. I, I I think it's wild that you buy candy bars and not an entire bag of mini candies. <laughs> Eating one Reese's sitting. pieces. 
<laughs> and then I pour them on the floor and eat them like a pig. <laughs> like I don't buy I don't buy a Twix. I buy like a two pound bag of Twix, and then I graze on that for a couple of days. <laughs> hey, wait, is that to say that you've like you're in a perpetual state of eating Twix? Like one Twix might last a while, but there's always an open Twix somewhere. <laughs> if I have a listen, if, if I have I've a bag. bag. Of, yeah, if I have a bag of Twix, there will for sure always be a Twix somewhere. <laughs> Fantastic. I guess I guess the last thing I can mention that happened in the last few weeks is that uh, WandaVision finished and Captain and the Winter Soldier started. We are in sort of a, a Disney Plus Marvel television zone right now. Uh, and it's not the most discussion-worthy thing for our podcast since... We are not reading those things right now, but uh, I'm really enjoying them. I think it's it's okay for a show about Marvel Comics to to just chat about them for a sec. We could do. They yeah, were in spend. our comics this week. All of the characters were in our comics this week. Well, the Winter Soldier was not. Bucky was nowhere to be seen. Well, Bucky wasn't. No. But yes, Wanda, Wanda, and uh, and Vision were both in comics that we read. So. So and we Agatha. got an in. We've an in, boys. Yes, an Agatha Harkness. <laughs> I didn't put those two and two together. I I, I should have. Oh yeah, because it's clearly yeah, yeah. Miss Harkness. But she was like a good a good guy. So I didn't. I guess I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Uh. I I, I guess spoilers for Wandavision. Uh. If you if you you know it's not a spoiler because you don't know who Agatha is. Right? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Agatha Harkness is a part of the show. And she uh, yeah, she shows up in the in the uh, the Fantastic Four issue that we read today because she's introduced as Franklin Richards nanny. Uh, and they don't even know. And she's not introduced as like a spooky witch. I didn't realize they didn't know either, uh, only because it's within a three, you know, three pages. She's doing spells. Yeah, so I exactly. just sort of assumed we knew she was a witch. <laughs> her hex. Her, not her hex. Oh, my gosh. Nope. That's Wanda. <laughs> you're the scarlet Witch. i don't know anything about comic books what are you even talking about <laughs> that's why we're here shane that's, that's why we're why here we're... Yeah. that's why we're here fuck it let's talk about some of the stuff we read what do we want to do first do we want to just like hack at spidey this the giant spidey iceberg for a while i think we got to i think it's weird to do like a couple short thing well i guess we've done it both ways i, I think spider-man because there's also kind of sections of it that are easy to there break are apart. Oh. yeah rory's done it both ways <laughs> like a twix <laughs> like <that. laughs> I like left Twix. No, I like right Twix. Well, I think we both can agree we're a victim of a ridiculous corporate marketing scheme. Uh, yeah. So we read we read a bunch of Spider Man. We wanted to we wanted to dip back uh, this week and a little bit next week because Spider Man just like it always ends up seeming interesting from the outside. You're like, I wonder what Peter's up to. Uh, and specifically, I wanted to jump in for the uh, we'll talk about it a little later the the drug storyline that, that they bucked the comic code for. Uh, and then when I was looking at those issues, the stuff on either side of it just looked too fun to skip. And so <laughs> I said, fuck it, we're going to b- just drop a whole block of Spidey back in. I think I think there was some some quality in, in the pages we read today this week. Yeah. Yes. Things get political. <laughs> <laughs> Things get weirdly like shove a sock down your throat political. I like yeah, it. It wasn't it wasn't like um subtle at all, right? They were just like, no. hey, do you see this big yeah. like political penis? It's in your throat. Like yeah, that's a black guy what just happened. shows up and talks about black, you know, black uh, yeah. issues of the day. Uh but it was good. I thought that like I feel like, you know, in in content like this in, in later years, like 
significant, not even that much later, like by the 80s. Mm-hmm. Racists are full-blown cartoons that are completely, un- not that you should want to sympathize with them, but they're like, their point of right. view is is presented as as foreign and like nobody thinks that way. But of course they yeah. do. Yeah, of course. Like we know, <laughs> so yeah. In a weird way, in a weird way, it almost becomes unhelpful by by how yeah. much they blow it out of proportion. Because like the racists in these pages, like I've met people like that, and I believe yeah, them. Mm-hmm. They have a believable racism that's uncomfortable and shitty. <laughs> yeah, and the conversation that happens is somewhat cathartic. I thought, like for a Marvel page from 1970, especially having read some of their previous political commentaries. Uh, yeah. There's been a shift. There's been a shift and it's a lot more poignant than than previously. Yeah. I mean, in a way, they've like taken a side and we appreciate that it's at least somewhat the right side. I, I don't know how much like, quote unquote, bravery it takes in 1970 for a comic book to do stuff like this. Like, I'm assuming a certain amount, right? Because these well, are ostensibly kids entertainment. The The drug episode I found interesting because that's a conversation or like the I would say the um the race conversation that happens in the drug one is a conversation we're still having that we still treat, you know, oh, yeah. drug epidemic like a black problem and not an America problem. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised yeah. to see that brought up in 1970 in a Marvel comic. I know. It, yeah. Uh, we have a we have a couple vehicles with which to talk about it. Right. So we were introduced to a reporter named Robbie Robertson, who I think we probably Ooh, already rocks. met, but we skipped the issues I, where he's introduced. Yeah, he yeah. he's not he we we come back into 1970 and he's sort of the right-hand man at the Daily Bugle and kind of the real editor where Jay Jonah's kind of, you know, just the the just owner. He's sort of shifted to an owner. The angry owner guy. Yeah. Yeah, worried about advertising and sponsorships and this guy and Robbie's like, "Yeah, but what about like our job as journalists?" Yeah. And Robbie's Robbie's very sympathetic like he's he's got great he's got great takes. And interestingly, he's got a fairly positive relationship with Jay Jonah. Yeah. Like, it's not at all antagonistic. They're professionals. And he drags Jonah, you know, to some clemency in multiple cases. And he drags Jonah to the left. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I think I think clemency was the wrong choice of word. Clarity? Something like that. Sure. I... I, what I appreciate about Robbie is that, like you said, the relationship is interesting because it's not like what you would normally, well, not normally, but like the the sort of bad thing you would expect where Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson would uh, like essentially just not listen to the smart black guy in his office. Like when Robbie makes a case, he's like, yeah, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And it's really just nice to see, especially when it like flies in the face of big money. Yeah. Yes. I also like when when Robbie kind of flies off the handle a little bit. The, he wants to run a piece about Harry Osborn and uh, Jana, jo, Jay Jonah yeah. is like, dude, he's one of our sponsors. What are you thinking? And, uh, you know, Robbie pipe, you know, shoots back. Like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. You're silencing the people. And I thought it was a great moment for Jonah. To be like, I'm just asking for the angle, homie. Like <laughs> nobody's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody's been nobody's been silenced. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they and then presumably they run a piece about how yeah, they, they the do drug the problem piece. is not yeah. just a ghetto problem. It affects the rich people, too. And that I don't know. It's great. One one that I, I thought was really interesting. They they meet this character uh, named Sam Bullet, um, who is introduced because and, and this is sort of summarizing the first three issues. Right. Uh, uh, Gwen Stacy's dad is a police captain or maybe a former police captain. He's older and uh, he dies 
over the course of these issues. And it's pretty sad. Yeah, he seems like a really great guy, too. Where are all these really cool characters from yeah. the entire 1960s that we read? Yeah, <laughs> they didn't exist yet because it was just Stan <laughs> making all the decisions. Stan would make all the decisions at first. And then now that other people get to make decisions, we have these great characters. Yeah, yeah. it's so nice. Yeah, Captain Stacy jumps in front of a, a kid to save him from falling rubble that happens as a result of Spidey fighting Doc Ock, like, on a building. And so, obviously, Peter feels responsible for his, like, second, third, fourth, whatever dad figure dying. And I think he kind of is, because he's sort of... Mm -hmm. This is sort of one of those moments in um, comic character histories where they are, you know, when it, what happens when you push a good man too far? He makes a pretty deadly and and chaotic solution to Doc Ock's, uh, you know, powers where it makes the those these like giant, mm -hmm. highly strong and highly dangerous uh, tentacles just flail about wildly and a kid gets yeah. caught in the crossfire. And I feel like that is le like it's a legitimate, you know, he did kind of cause this one. Yep. This one's on you, Spidey. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's super sad, especially because at this point in the comics, he is dating Gwen Stacy. And so and we just met him. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he had uh, known Spider-Man's identity for some period of time and not only kept it a secret from the public, but didn't, you know, didn't even bring it up with Peter. Just was like didn't a good tell dude. Peter. Yeah. He's just a cool guy. Now he's dead and it's sad. And Spidey is overcome with the guilt. <laughs> uh, and. Gwen gets this moment when they're leaving his funeral where she gets to have these like really serious drama hands and yells out, I'll hate him forever. Yeah, I didn't like this just because it felt like a rehash of the Betty Brant drama. I know. Yeah. I think Spider-Man should feel guilty, but I don't think the world needs to think he's, you know, directly culpable. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit ham fisted to, to add more drama into his love life because he always has it there and he needs to he needs to have excuses for those end end of issue like brooding moments. Right. <laughs> yes. um, there weren't any of those. Not really. No, actually, you're right. You're right. Uh, but we meet this character now named Sam Bullet, who uh, is sort of going to fill the the power vacuum, or I guess now that Captain Stacy's dead and he's going to use it as an excuse to run for uh, for D.A., and uh, he's he's a hardcore law and order Republican. And uh, Gwen Gwen starts volunteering for him, I guess, for some weird reason that doesn't ever end up paying off. And this guy is an old school racist. Uh, yeah, which we don't learn right away. Nope. And also Robbie, before before we find out, he's just like a legit awful guy. Robbie also calls him out as being this sort of like proto proto gop fascist which is one pretty salient and and like yep not really the what the incarnation of the republican party looked like at the time right like nixon was mm -hmm. was a liberal at least on paper even though he sucked he was yeah. a he was considered a liberal republican <laughs> I, I, what is it some i don't even know who says says it maybe it maybe it's bullet himself but maybe it's maybe it's jj but he says, like, well, what's so wrong with, you know, being behind law and order? And Robbie's like, well, maybe it just depends on whose law and what kind of order you're talking about, man. Yes. Yeah, here again and comes like, a real hot take. A, yeah. <laughs> I was so there for Robbie Robertson. And who's benefiting from which law? <laughs> God, I loved it so much. But, yeah, the, the, the plot kind of continues. You know, there's just more. There's more. uh 
random fights and Peter's feeling guilty. And uh, at a certain point, Bullet and Gwen are at Peter's apartment because they were trying to like get Peter because they know he takes a lot of photos of Spider-Man. And they're like, well, I bet there's a connection between him and Spider-Man and I want to take Spider-Man down. And so they catch him like Spider-Man flying into Peter's apartment. And so as like a knee jerk response, he's like, I have to make it seem like I'm not Peter Parker. He like grabs Gwen and jumps out the window. And in this moment, Bobby Drake, Iceman, is just like walking by and sees it goes <laughs> go down and thinks Spidey's like kidnapping a woman and then starts fighting him. And I don't know. It's a little messy and a, just kind of a weird excuse to get Bobby into the title. But I thought it was kind of fun. It was a fun issue, kind of. I mean, as we've talked about these sort of like the farces where two heroes think different, you know, think... Uh, not think mm-hmm. differently, but just have a different, you know, uh, amount of information about what's happening. Uh, I'm I'm very over it. And yeah, it's also annoying just to have all of the happenstance, all of the Walker buys uh, that happen in these comics. Like we got 20 pages. We have to cut some of the, you know, Bobby can't see it on the news and then, you know, come all the way from from upper from mm-hmm. from upper New York. But uh it's just annoying. <laughs> no, it's he's, just down, annoying. he's down in the city for a date now. And... Yeah, he drove down specifically to go on a date with that person. <laughs> and then he bailed on her to go be a hero. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna linger on this moment, but I do wanna call out that like <laughs> Bullet definitely calls Robbie Sambo. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's it's gross on the page and mm-hmm. it gets a gross like they they do not enjoy this when it happens Mm. uh and he says stuff like anyone ever tell you you know too much black man and like man man it is it is it's like i I don't know i think what it is is that this stuff and the drug stuff really surprise me in the context of everything else that we've read where it's like it suddenly feels like these comics have something to say Mm -hmm. and they didn't before in in like in like as hard of a way or as like blatant of a way and it feels like a switch has been flipped and it's like, fuck it, we're just going. We're gonna do it. We're gonna say yeah. stuff like this now. Well, and, and it's also in in a way that's it, there's a way that that's kind of cool. Like you're never gonna solve racism in a twenty page Marvel comic, but you can <laughs> present the problems that are happening mm-hmm. at, and have your characters interact with them, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about this? How about this? Uh, the actual drug arc. What did we? What did we enjoy about that? Because this is this is the one. Remember that he bucked the code for, and I think the Nixon administration like asked Stan Lee to write this three parter. Did I, he do so, a good job? Can we hang on? So wait, Mary Jane is in hair, and I just need to. <laughs> we got to put the brakes on talking about this drug episode before we talk about. <laughs> we have to talk about. We have to talk about Mary Jane being on Broadway in hair. Off Broadway. Okay, Shane, your time starts now. I want ninety seconds. Oh, oh, we get to we have to time Shane. No, I can't give you ninety seconds. No, I'm not timing in a bad way. I want. I'm I'm assuming I'm giving him more time than he had than he needs. So I want to hear a nice long rant. I don't. I don't need that much time because I think I I. I understand the cultural significance of hair, but I think it's garbage. And I think it is very yeah. interesting that that is the musical that Mary Jane is a part of that Aunt May goes to see. And she's like, oh, I'm I'm learning how to be a slinger. And Peter's like, I can't tell her it's called. I can't tell her it's swingers. I can't tell her this. Like. I don't, it was it was a weird like I, so, are we are we being are we being cool and like foreshadowing like we're gonna talk about drugs gonna the shows about drugs <laughs> like 
I don't know. It was a it was a weird Maybe. moment. It was a so, waste of a waste my, of five pages. What I thought initially, and I wasn't sure when the hair thing was brought up, is that the show that Aunt May and Mrs. Watson were heading to see was a different show, but it doesn't make sense. Of course, they'd be going to see Mary Jane's show. So yeah. it seems like she's in hair. She and, is. Uh, I I did like this moment where like where like Peter Peter knows what's going on with this show hair, and I think and he has this moment where he's like, um. I want to tell Aunt May that maybe this show's a little too much for her. Uh, I also <laughs> like that maybe, maybe, um, who wrote this issue? Is this, are we back to Stan? I think it's still, uh, well, no. Let me, let me find out. I can, I can pull it up right now. I think they, um, sh- maybe shared some of Shane's opinions about the musical hair, uh, because it was so bad that it turned, Norman Osborn back into the Green Goblin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is Stan Lee. Stan Lee did write this issue. I don't know. I thought I was so confused by that. I, I, I think it was, were they trying to go for some kind of, uh, Sort of Hamlet-y like, vibe of yeah, of like this weird, like weird, well, like ham-fisted. Hey, this led to drugs, and this is saying that drugs are okay, but they're not. Yeah, they they try and draw a lot of parallels. They introduce several different angles on this drug, like, and I can understand like writing perspective, like trying to sort of thematically throw a few things in that dovetail. But like my the way I read how norman osborne turned back into the green green goblin is that they're they're implying that it's two personalities right that he has sort of like a goblin mode where he remembers all of the goblin things and a normal guy mode where he doesn't Mm -hmm. and it seems like he's been in normal guy mode for some time and what seemed like it happened to me is that he had been using a secret locked room in the theater as one of norman's like places where he stashes his bad guy suit and when he sees the locked door in the theater he's like wait a minute why do I remember this door? <laughs> yeah. And and so I don't know if it had I don't know if it specifically had anything to do with the show so much as the place that they were in. But it did kind of but I mean, you're not wrong. It happens it, at the same time with the same yeah, implications. If, if if because we've never once been like we've never seen him coming and going from the theater as Goblin the last time and it doesn't nope. it doesn't it feels more like an excuse to uh linger on the theater motif than um than the actual trigger, but you're not wrong. There is an impl- you know, he's got a goblin suit in there, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it feels like when you're reading the pages, it's sort of undeniable that it seems like he's watching hair and, and is triggered, like a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> yeah, it just turns back into a fucking evil villain because he saw all those nude people, all those naked hippies singing about their hair. <laughs> <laughs> now, in and amongst this plot. There is a thing that I think we have to talk about where uh, Harry is currently kind of dating MJ and Peter's, of course, dating Gwen, but Gwen's in London and sort of that's a problem. But MJ has started aggressively hitting on Peter in front of Harry, like really intensely. At, like at one point, MJ walks up and is like grabbing Peter. And he's like, come on, let's go find your seat. And he's like, don't worry, MJ, I'm a big boy. And she goes, mm, don't I know it? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? What, are, what is happening? Peter, did you bring a whole cooked goose or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Him being sort of rejected by MJ, uh, Harry, I mean, Harry Osborne. Uh, is directly implied to lead to him turning to drugs, and I don't really, I don't really enjoy how they talk about it. I guess I didn't either. I, I think for one, 
I was actually much more interested before I remembered this was the the drug issues um, because I thought we were getting yeah. uh, some mental health stuff with uh, between him and his dad. Mm. Um, yeah, because you know, he's complaining about his headaches. There's there's little there's little things that I think we're supposed to pick up on. Like these are signs somebody you know might be using. But uh-huh. to me, especially with Norman Osborn in the in the pages, who has a diagnosed goblin disease. Uh, <laughs> that is the way I interpreted it at first. A diagnosed goblin. Disease. Yeah, the DSM two or whatever we're on at the point <laughs> definitely recognizes goblin disease as a medical <laughs> issue. Yeah, I think Stephen Crowder has that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a panel that Shane dropped in our Discord uh, that <laughs> is has, has to be the title. <laughs> well. There, he dropped two panels. The other one is definitely the title. Uh, the the one that I wanted to talk about, he s- said uh, he might never, he's talking about, Peter's talking about Harry. He says he might never have gotten into that scene if not for the way Mary Jane treated him. I guess he was just too weak to cope with rejection. It's funny how loving a girl can drive a guy bananas. And I guess none of us are escape proof. Uh, and I just... I don't enjoy this bitterness and the implications at all of like <laughs> that like all that, of it. that female rejection leads to mental strain that leads to the shooting up of schools. Yeah, like stop stop breaking up with men. It's just it strains them too much. <laughs> they'll they'll turn to drugs because they're so strained yeah. from the, the shame of a breakup from it's a woman. It's your fault. It's the woman's fault. You <laughs> broke up with him. That's why he has mental issues. Yeah. So stop doing that. It's the man's job to end the relationship. <laughs> God, I hate that. I hate that so much. What Jesus. What was the what was the other one I dropped in? I don't remember. Oh oh oh! What was what was oh, that t- other what was that other panel again? <laughs> what was that other panel that I dropped in? It's Peter taking his shirt off, like with the crossed arms, like doing the the arms crossed across doing him, and trying to you know way? doing the like doing sexy the takeoff the hot way. Doing it the hot way, you know the hot way. He takes the shirt off uh-huh, and he's saying, uh-huh. "Time to wiggle out of my little spidey play suit." <laughs> <laughs> he's even doing the lip bite and like the <clears throat> like the eyes half closed like mm. it is yeah. that is an instagram thirst trap we have numerous friends who are actors that have photos just like that <laughs> oh wait where which, yes, which channel do. is it posted in shane it's in the wall of shane oh, the it's wall on of the wall shane. of shane yeah, yeah where yeah, it yeah, belongs yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else can see it too. If you're in our Discord, the Wall of Shane is uh, is a Discord channel where we try and post the thirstiest pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the- God damn, uh, shit was out of control this week. Uh, some of the things that I enjoyed, I guess, uh, Doc Ock is revealed to be able to control his arms remotely, which does serve. It is a little silly, but it does serve to like make him more terrifying because. It's not just that they were grafted to his belly. It's that like he ended up having like crazy psychic control over it. And that's very spooky. Which is like, it would literally have been terrifying. Them. It would have been neat if yeah. they if they paid a little lip service to like it, it was it, like it's kind of both like his central nervous system mm-hmm. like wiggled into right. the into the machinery. And he's got this now like bioorganic <laughs> well, tentacle. They wouldn't be able to like mass. remove it then. Right. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still end of the day. It's still pretty hand wavy science. Yeah. 
my my other reveal about the last five weeks that I haven't talked about yet is that, and I think both of these guys know, but I haven't I haven't been I've been reading because I haven't because we haven't been reading comics. I decided I needed to fill the void. I've been reading the Ultimate Universe from uh, starting the year two thousand, and I've been reading the, the sort of alternate Ultimate Universe, including the the Sp- Ultimate Spider Man, which retells a lot of the stories we've already read, but in a different context. And uh, it's fun. They they take it one step further with Doc Ock. They're like they have the reveal where he can control them remotely, and then even later they have another reveal where he's like, "I've been keeping this under wraps because I don't want people to know." But uh, it wasn't just the arms, and he's basically Magneto. He can control like all metal, and he like <laughs> takes a bunch of scraps of metal and makes arms out of them. And what? it's actually it's pretty it's pretty effectively terrifying. Ultimate Doc Ock is a monster. Um, That's but, so scary. Uh, yeah. No, I, so anyway, I, I had a good time with that. All right. Somebody talk to me about Fantastic Four and Avengers because they kind of won one to each other a little bit. Uh, I had no idea what was going on in Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, it was it was kind of a strange thing to drop into on the Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, there's a shit ton yeah. happening. There's we've got we've got young Frank and the Richards. We've got Agatha Harkness there for some reason. Uh, Ben's mind has been affected by his new transforming ability. Reed's stuck in the negative zone. What else is going on? That might be that might, <laughs> well, that might be well, the, Agatha, the bullet Agatha's points. like his babysitter. They they hire her to be his yeah. babysitter forever, right? And she's also a witch. Just sort she's of incidentally, witch. she's a witch. <laughs> right? Ben has the powers to change back and forth at will now, and he's like a zaddy. Yeah, he is. And he knows it. He's a daddy that knows it, which kind of takes away That's that he, a little bit. Yeah. Because he's a complete dick. Well, it yep. seems that, I mean, we the reveal later, it was kind of obvious, uh, you know, that this transforming ability has fucked up his brain. Mm-hmm. But it's just only sometimes, only at plot inconvenient times, it, it comes and goes, his new, yeah. his new mean persona. Yeah. It's interesting, <laughs> but it was really poorly written. It, 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 I like the idea, but reading the pages was a chore. But like he says, like at one point, like, uh, you know, Reed is Reed is like basically dead, right? Like they've they've given him up as dead because he's stuck in the negative zone with no way out. And they're like in the middle of dealing with that. And Sue is like crying and holding Franklin and she's calling it. She calls him Franklin. And Ben is like, hey, his middle name's Ben, ain't it? How about using it sometime? huh?" <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> what the shit? Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 really upsetting. I, I we don't have to talk much about these two issues, but I do want to say that FF one ten is thrown in for context for Avengers eighty nine, which is then kind of just a lead up to the Avengers stuff that we're going to be reading next week, which is the Kree Scroll War. So we're kind of just getting we're we're we, there's no way to, there's no easy place to jump in. So we're just dropping ourselves in to get a teeny bit of context before. Uh, an event happens. Wait, but like the 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 context, Andy is is like Agatha casts that spell, and she multiplies him mm-hmm. in the negative zone. Is that? That's basically. It, I don't. Yeah. I don't f- okay, because it it doesn't like feel like that, but I gather that is what happened, right? Well, they used that. They used that like artistic choice of many times in Spider Man, where there's just a bunch of them in a in a uh, panelist page. Oh, yeah. So at this point, it's really unfair t- for us to expect to infer that because it's just an cl- artistic choice they've been doing for a while. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. sort of like a montage in one panel. Yeah. Um, Where? 
where 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 <laughs> god I'll, I'll have to post the where panel in a in a public spot in the discord that's so fucking funny uh, so i like that page it's 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 goofy as shit but you have to remember like it, it not that long ago in in the sort of marvel you know uh graphic literacy we would have had to read 10 pages of him going where 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 and now it's all I on know. one page yes. and i i I like the choice, even mm-hmm. if it does, even if it was a little silly. It comes off like a like a musical theater montage song. Yeah, <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> Where's that guy? Where's that guy? Looking for the guy, and like all these people running across the stage. It's like, okay, we fucking get it. <laughs> Just find Doc Ock already. But yeah, they they uh, he gets away from Annihilus again. My favorite villain. He gets away from Annihilus in the negative zone, and uh, he goes through a portal. Meanwhile, in the Avengers comic that we read, if you remember, we haven't seen Rick Jones or Marvell since the last stuff that we read. And they they have a setup where, you know, one of them swaps out for the other <laughs> and the other lives in the negative zone while they're freewheeling and having a good time in uh, in on Earth. And so apparently while Marvell was hanging out in the negative zone, he just sort of watched uh, Fantastic Four issue 110 <laughs> happen. Uh, from a distance, and is like, wait a minute, a Fantastic Four have a portal out of the negative zone? What? I could just leave when I want? And I could just leave when I wanted? (laughs) Though the story is told very confusingly, they throw us in in the middle of the story, but they don't do any sort of narrative help out to let us know that we're in the middle of the story. It feels very much like we've missed six issues of setup until they do flashbacks halfway through. Yeah, in fairness, though, there's um, no real winning there because we also bitch when they waste every single issue recapping. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get it. But it's it's uh, it's it's kind of fun. Um, you know, the rest of the Avengers are off doing something interesting. So it's uh, it's Wanda and Pietro and the Vision um, sort of trying to deal with Captain Marvel, who comes out of this portal full of radiation and they need to get it out. <laughs> I guess there's not too much to talk about. It's nice to see Marvell and Rick Jones again. It's also nice to see that they kind of have grown to hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they loathe each other. It, I I did love those panels with Rick Jones though, where he's like, he he literally just like zaps Marvell or whatever, right? And then he's like, I did your dirty work, mm-hmm. Avengers, just like always. And I was like, oh, oh Rick. And then he goes, let's take. A, he's what? What does he say? He's like, he's like, let's take a five or something. And it's like, oh yeah, he's a he's a singer. <laughs> He's a famous stage boy. Yeah. Mordecai P. Boggs has been blowing smoke up his ass about how he's going to be a outlaw country star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of stuff in the Avengers in the Avengers um, dialogue that was like, there's one part where one of the alien where one of the aliens was just talking about the the place that the Earthmen call the Cape. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, Earth is real big. Earth is real, real big. <laughs> I just, like I said, this is this is set up. Ugh. So at the very end of this issue, we kind of we see the meanwhile in the Kree galaxy and uh, spooky bad guy Ronan the Accuser has broken free from jail and he's doing a coup against the Supreme Intelligence. Oh, and he's been demoted. Once though, again, he's, he's Ronan, Ronan, the public accuser. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Very good, Rory. Yet again, he activates the same sentry on Earth that we've been seeing since Captain Marvel, like, the t- the issues began. 
Um, and so I guess that's what we'll be dealing with next issue on uh, on the Avengers, and that'll uh, sort of wrap them into a larger story about the Kree and the Skrull and whatnot, uh, which I guess is is the is the main reason we're checking these out. So I'm I'm interested to see what that looks like. You hear you hear about the Kree Skrull War a lot. So yeah, that's what we're that's what we that's what we looked at this week. And this, <laughs> at the risk of this episode being super long, I think we have to do our segment that I've missed so dearly. Oh, hello, hello, and welcome to the venti fuck Mary kill. <laughs> you know, I I don't have a lot of setup for this one. This is this is just I think it's I think it's mwah, I think it's good. Um, so your fuck Mary okay. kill for this week are are things that we definitely talked about <laughs> um and i'm also not vamping for time weirdly enough um so uh-huh. the first is Ca- captain george stacy who is gwen's dad oh, okay the he, cane daddy he has to be on this list the the cane daddy he like he was a great character for like four pages so we got to talk about him yeah mm-hmm. um the 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 second on your on your list is Reed Richards, but multiplied by Agatha Spell. <laughs> oh, a hundred Reed Richards. A hundred Reed okay. Richards. Okay. <laughs> um, and then finally, your final choice, the probably the hardest choice of all, uh, Dr. Ox arms that are detached from his body and rampaging through New York City. <laughs> <laughs> just the arms. Just just his arms. Well, allow me to jump in first really quick and say that the when you said 100 Reed Richards, the scenario I imagined was very similar to the scenario you'd get with uh, <laughs> Doc Ock's disembodied arms, <laughs> uh, which is just a lot of hands at the same time. Um. <laughs> so many hands. A jungle of hands. <laughs> Welcome to my hand jungle. <laughs> I think we have a new title for the episode. <laughs> Issue 20, <laughs> A Jungle of Hands. <laughs> oh, shit. I I don't I don't know. I think wow, that the strength of that one blew the first one out of my head. It's Captain <laughs> Stacy. I think you got to marry Captain George Stacy. I think that's okay. I think that's where I'm at. I don't think you're going to find okay. much much of a better man in uh in Marvel Comics. Especially not a normal one, who you're also you also don't have to worry about like the superpower side effects and crazy shit. Like he's just a nice guy, and so I marry him. Uh, what are you thinking, Rory? Well, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be kind of fair to the pages we got, um, mm-hmm. and it seems a little bit unfair to um, to consider that George Stacy isn't about to die after you do whatever of the three things you want to do. <laughs> right? Like you don't you don't get to save him and have a life of happiness with George Stacy. I mean if you could you can. In your in your version of Fuck Mary Kill, you can save him from from death and marry him and live forever. I think that's a little unfair to the question because he's such an obvious Mary if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But if you know he's about to die I think, I think you get, I think, here's what I think. I think you go fuck. I think you get one tender moment with the gentlest man in Marvel. Um, <laughs> knowing that, you know, knowing that he's doomed. The gentle uh, captain. Yeah. Uh, and, and that way you will make sure, you will feel taken care of. You'll feel um, 
I don't know. I guess fulfilled in that way mm-hmm. because I'm gonna marry a hundred Reed Richards and <laughs> and bang my way through that hand jungle uh, for the next fifty years. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. You're, okay. you're gonna bang bang your way through every shape physically possible, and then you and then you and then you kill the arms. You got it. Yeah, I kill the arms. Okay, and you kill the arms. I have a similar situation where I also kill the arms, but I could, I don't think I could stand being married to a hundred different Reed Richards, all ignoring me at the same time for a hundred <laughs> different laps. <laughs> all calling you sweetheart or girl or, or yeah. some, misogyn- some no, misogynistic I, I, something, just hundreds of them all at once. <laughs> Misogyny I, I, think bomb. I, I think there's a reasonable case to be made that you just take the Doc Ock dildos and uh, and kill off Reed Richards. Yeah, because that's just that's just still like a multi fast, like a multi purpose dildo monster. I think you could you could get a lot of mileage out of that. Stop coming up with new titles. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Shane? Take us I... home. I want to change mine. I want to kill Reed Richards and keep the dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I preference noted. Okay. All right. I think I also mm, I think I marry Reed Richards. I think I do. Okay. Because I am a glutton for punishment and I think I can change him over <laughs> and over and over again. <laughs> and then the way he'll, the way he'll dismissively call me girls names turns me on. <laughs> exactly. I just I think I can make him a better man just over and over and over again. Um I I think I think I have sex with the arms. <gasps> and you killed George Stacy. No, I think I, that's why that's why I sort of framed it the way I did. I think it's fair because this guy is dead in four pages. You it's only well, fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I feel like I feel like I would turn George Stacy into an effigy of all of my deepest rages and then just take him out since he's dying anyway. Wow. But like not by being crushed. I think I would just give him like a bullet to the dome piece and then just be done so that he doesn't have to suffer. Yet yet again, (laughs) Shane opts to to end suffering. (laughs) I'm a a supervillain, man. You guys don't understand. I'm a (laughs) supervillain. Wow. Well, this this uh, our dynamic is going to have to take a little bit of a turn yet, but we'll find that out <laughs> next week in issue 21, because this has been issue 20 of the Infinite Backlog. And thank you for being here. And don't worry, you weary little webheads, because we'll be back next week. You can bet your sweet bippy on it. <laughs> Get me out of this dildo hand forest. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.